Hey guys, welcome to the Choose Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Nazi Javid. Oh, it is a Saturday. It doesn't feel like a Saturday because I worked today. However, I just thought I would check in because I feel like I can do a podcast literally every day on internet trolls. <laughs> and I know that you guys are on social media a lot. You spend a lot of time on social And so I'm sure you also feel the negative vibes that comes with social, that come with social media. It is such a sketchy place to be sometimes. And I have to actively remind myself to check out. It's my job. So I constantly have to be on social, but I have to actively choose to walk away from it. And I had an epiphany today. I'm a very like understanding person. And so, and I have pretty thick skin. So when people throw, you know, when trolls are very critical or very questionable or just attacking, whatever, like I just usually, I put it aside, like whatever, who cares? Who are you? You're a troll. However, and sometimes it actually comes from people that I know. And so then I'm like, oh, they forgive them. I know who they are, like whatever, that's their belief system and that's fine. But when it crosses the line for me is when people make it personal for example, today, there was a, there is a huge nationwide walkout happening on Monday about um, people who are choosing to walk out of school in opposition of vaccine mandates for kids. Okay. It's a story. It's a news story. Everybody's covering it. It's an, it's an important story on both sides of the aisle. It's not my job to decide what is right or wrong. I'm vaccinated. That was the right choice that I made for myself. But I don't care what other people do. That's on them. And so I walk a fine line as a journalist. I cover both sides equally and all sides. Sometimes there are multiple sides. It's not my job to have an opinion on the news. I share everything fair and balanced. Like that is my job. It is not my job to interject my own personal belief system into the news. Okay. So when people make it personal, when they assume that I share something because I have some belief system that is like I'm like trying to like, I don't even like, I can't, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around because like, there's no motivation other than I'm a journalist. I'm covering the news. Like a nationwide walkout is, is something that people want to know about. It's all over the news. It's all over the large market stations too. Like I shared an article from Cron in San Francisco. It wasn't even, it was initially that. And then we had a local one because there's a local flyer circling around social media. People have a right to do what they want. Like this is to each their own. But my point is, these people who who are active, you know, supporters and, and who have been, you know, followers of mine for years are coming out and I'm like, I can't believe you post this. This is I'm disappointed and like making it personal. And, and, you know, some reasonable people are coming out in the comments being like, hello, she's doing her job. Like she never said she agrees or disagrees. She's just putting it out there. That is her job. Thank you, reasonable people. But for the crazy trolls that like want to be angry at the messenger, like haven't you ever heard that saying, don't blame the messenger? Like do not attack the messenger. Our job is to deliver the message. Like it is whether you agree with it or not, there's always going to be somebody on all sides who who thinks one way or the other way. So take in consideration that journalists are always getting attacked. We are always attacked because we're fair and balanced. We get attacked from both sides. For example, last week, we got man on the street interviews. 
they're called MOS, on people on whether or not they support vaccine mandates, because it's a big story, right? Humboldt County supervisors were talking about it. Eureka, city of Eureka just implemented a vaccine mandate. So this is a story. It's active. It's a, it's everybody's talking about it across the country. It is relevant. We covered the story. And I got one nasty email from somebody saying, like, I can't believe you're letting people share their opinions on vaccinations and putting and telling people to get vaccinated, da, da, da. And then and literally the same day, got another email from somebody on the other side saying, like, I can't believe you're sharing the opinions of anti-vaxxers, uh, la, la, la. So it's literally like I knew by getting those two complaints that we were doing our job right. We were covering all sides. But when people don't like the message or when they don't agree with it, they get angry about it. And it's just so, like baffling to me and that's fine like be angry at the message be angry at the issue but don't be angry at the messenger and if you are like I just have to say I, I this is the epiphany I came to today like I normally tolerate a lot on my page like I have you know 20,000 people on my page like I normally just let everything go and just I tolerate a lot because that's how it is but when people make it personal to me they immediately go like I have no I don't care if you're someone I know family friend follower fan uh, for years if you make things personal about me you're gonna go because I have no tolerance for that anymore I've been in this business for too long than to like for lack of a better word give a damn what you think about me it is my job to be fair and balanced and to put the information out there it is your job to choose how you want to respond to it be responsible with your response or deuces that's all I have to say. <laughs> Thanks for letting me rant. Thank you for listening. And let's decide to choose happy and not be so critical and trolly of other people and their views and values, okay? Worry about yourself. Have a great day. Don't forget to choose happy. Hey friends, welcome to the Choose Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Nazi Javid, and it is Friday, December 31st. What? We made it through another crazy year of 2021. So why is this episode called Don't Chase Your Dreams? Let me tell you. I don't really mean don't chase your dreams, okay? Of course you should chase your dreams. What I mean is you should chase them in a different way. And I was thinking about this as I was driving through town and just thinking about all the things I'm grateful for this year because I did a post on social media and I asked everybody to share not what their resolutions are moving forward, but what they're grateful for in the moment because this moment is all we have. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not here yet. We gotta focus on right now. And if we make changes right now, then the future gets better automatically and we don't have to make resolutions, right? So I was thinking about how blessed I am and going over my list in my head because this is the last newscast that I'm going to anchor of the year 2021 tonight at six o'clock on ABC 23 in Eureka. And I want to go over a few things in the newscast that I was grateful for this year, lessons that I learned. And I started to think, and one of the things that really has stuck out for me this year is, is 
I am so grateful that I've had so many opportunities presented to me and they didn't just fall in my lap. They were presented to me because I noticed that I did one thing and this has been a solid throughout my you know, childhood, younger years, growing up, working uh, as an adult. And that one thing is that I worked hard. I worked so hard. Sweat, tears, I mean, no sleep. I worked hard. And I learned that at a very young age when I was 12 years old, my dad took me to work uh, at the pizza parlor and I earned $4.50 an hour bussing tables, you know, and then I worked my way up to cashier and then I worked my way up to management and then I was running the show and then he opened another business and then I ran the speedy oil change and tune up and whatever it was that was presented to me, I just worked hard and I naturally moved up. I didn't try to move up. I just learned more, had more experience and was in a position to do more and be a supervisor and a manager and a teacher because I learned, right? So that was kind of like the theme I learned growing up. My mom, you know, raised us always to just go after our dreams, work very, very hard. My mom, Brenda, did everything in the household so that we could really focus on the career in the future. And so I'm so grateful for that because I noticed the theme throughout my life that has led me to this moment today is that I've just worked hard and opportunity has come to me. I haven't had to chase it down. Now I've had to position myself. I've had to signal that I wanted certain things, right? But I didn't have to go beg anybody for it. I just did the work and then other people came to me begging me for it, right? So when I was working, you know, my first TV job, I applied just to get my foot in the door. I applied. It was called KFTY TV 50, later the Bay Area's TV 5099. It was uh, in the Bay Area market uh, based out of Santa Rosa. And I applied just as a sales assistant because I wanted to get my foot in the door and I didn't have any experience. You know, I had a, a little college reel that I had put together at UC Davis, but I didn't have anything solid for me to be an on air reporter yet. And so everybody told me, you know, just get your foot in the door and then network and make connections, do the work, and, and the opportunity will present itself. So I said, okay, I'll try that. I got a job as a sales coordinator, which is a sales assistant position essentially. And I did all the traffic and the paid programming, scheduling, and I sold paid program spots on the news. And then, you know, I did, I worked really hard. You know, I worked past my scheduled hours, you know, for free. I didn't, I wasn't the kind of employee that was like, oh, you know, this is my schedule and I have to leave at this time because this is like, I worked, I worked until the job was done and I did it well. And if it took extra long or if I had to come in early, I just did it because I was trying to prove myself, right? And I enjoyed the work. You know, it was hard. I didn't really, I'm not a sale. I'm good at sales, but I don't like sales. It's not my thing. So, but I worked hard. And then the opportunity presented itself and and the station came to me and they said, hey, we noticed that you were working hard and we want to offer you the opportunity to, you're selling these paid programs. Now we want to give you the opportunity to host these paid programs. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I wanted. I remember when I applied, I had sent in my resume tape. And when I say tape, I mean tape. It was a VHS tape, okay, that I made in Washington, D.C. when I was an intern with Tribune Broadcasting. And I mailed that tape. I ordered labels, printed them out, taped them to the VHS tape, and mailed it to different TV stations. And when I had mailed it to the station, and I applied for the sales coordinator job, but I had said, you know, I really want to be on air. I really want to be a reporter, a journalist. And I remember the sales manager telling me, your reel is great. Your resume is strong. You have a great personality. Seems like you have a great work ethic, but please don't tell a sales manager that you want to be 
in news, right? So he said, please don't tell the GM. I think you're great. I'm going to hire you. This was the general sales manager. But he said, don't tell the GM you want to be in news because then they're going to think you're not serious about sales. I said, okay, you know, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I'm going to work hard. So I did the sales management job. Then they offered me the job as a host of a paid program. So I still in sales, but it was a chance to do some TV work. And it was a show that they tailored to me called Dining Out with Nazi. So I got to go to different restaurants. In fact, the creative services uh, manager that I work with today was actually my creative services producer back then. And, and uh, he directed the show and he shot for me and everything. It was so fun. His name's Shane Calvert. Great, great guy. He worked with me, and I remember the first time I did a, <laughs> I did the first time, this is one of my most embarrassing moments, guys. The first time I did a, a show, it was at a little Thai restaurant, and I was dressed up in theme, and, and we were there to do the food tasting and, and host the show, and I remember getting mic'd up for the first time with my lavalier mic, and I, I was so nervous. I said, I got to take a minute, and I went to the bathroom, and I was like praying out loud to myself, <laughs> and then I went pee, and all of it, you know, picked up on the mic, <laughs> so I came outside, and Shane goes, hey, you know, just your first tip on-air tip, you know, when you're mic'd, you might want to turn your mic off when you step away or go to the bathroom. So I was like, oh, okay, lesson learned, right? Okay, it was funny. Anyways, it's a great story today. So I worked hard at that show and we did, we sold different programs to different restaurants and I went in and we talked about the food and we, you know, explored the restaurant. It was fun, but I was still working in sales. Then they gave me national sales. So I was doing national sales spots and, um, I had great relationships with the, the local, uh, companies that I had been working at to sell spots on the news. And then came the economic downturn and things were not doing well. And the company, uh, decided to sell off. We were clear channel television at the time. They decided to sell it off and it sold off again and sold off again to the point where, uh, you know, the, the, the world was in a, in an economic downturn at the time. And so they decided to lay off the entire evening news team. And it was crushing, you know, this, these were the, this was the news that I was selling and everybody got laid off and it was really hard and it was an emotional experience. Um, but because I had been working so hard, when they decided to bring back morning news, which was always been my end goal, they came to me out of the blue. I remember the news director at the time when he got laid off in the entire news team, he and I were really great friends. He's still today and he works in NBC uh, now in the Bay Area. He said to me, uh, this is going to be awful because I was crying. I was sad. I didn't want them to leave. And I felt bad. They were losing their jobs and their career and whatnot. And, um, he said, don't worry, you know, we'll be fine. He said, but it might present an opportunity for you down the road. And I didn't know what he was talking about. But then later when they, when they decided to bring in the morning news, they came to me and they said, Hey, you have a really great attitude. You have a great personality. Come be our morning news anchor reporter. I said, what? So that opportunity presented itself to me. I didn't apply for it. It came to me. And that's how I got my foot in the door as an on-air reporter and got some anchoring experience. You know, fast forward down the line, went to law school, did a bunch of other stuff and decided I still wanted to come into news. And so I took a risk. And that's one thing I learned, you know, this year reflecting back, taking risks is so important. Doing things that you're afraid of doing. I, I was in Los Angeles. I was making great money. I was working as a contract consultant. I, I didn't need... I didn't need to relocate and move and come back into news, which, you know, frankly, initially doesn't pay very well, does eventually later, but initially doesn't. 
And so I'd been out of news for a while and I had to come back to, you know, a smaller market. And I was like, oh, I'm going to a smaller market. I came from the San Francisco market. I'm going to go to Eureka. And I was negative about it at first. And I consulted all my friends and my family and they were like, are you kidding me? This is your passion. Go for it. Go do it. Like take the risk. It was very minimal pay. And I was just like, man, I'm going to be taking, you know, a financial hit and then I'm going to be moving somewhere. I don't know. I don't know any people. I don't, I've never been to Eureka. I was just, you know, I was scared. I was scared. But I had Barbie <laughs> and everybody supported me and they said, this is you, Nazi. This is, this is you. You got to go do you. And so I took the risk and thankfully uh, my news director at the time, Scott Rates, he, was, he, he saw, uh, you know, what I had done in the past and he gave me a chance and um, hired me, which I'm so grateful for. And I came to Eureka, didn't know anybody. And the community welcomed me with open arms and I became friends with folks and I became embedded in the community and, and people just were so kind to me that this community really grew on me and I didn't want to leave. And thankfully I didn't because more opportunities then presented themselves to me. So I came in as a multimedia journalist, right? So that's a one-man band. So you report, you shoot, you write, you edit, everything by yourself. And I worked really hard. I chased down criminals out of court. Um, I, you know, went to people's homes, get, trying to get answers. I was, you know, did accountability journalism on behalf of the public, holding local officials accountable and giving a voice to the voiceless. And I did, I did the work. And thankfully, I, ha I work for an amazing company and they saw that I was doing that work. And so, you know, when the opportunities came along and the anchor was out, they would ask me to fill an anchor. And then they saw that I could do that. And then we had viewers that were writing in and they were supporting me and they were saying, hey, we'd like to see her more on air. And so the company gave me another opportunity. And then finally, the position became available. And when it did, I didn't have to apply for it. They came to me about it right? Because if you work hard, your dreams will come to you. If you work hard, everything that you desire, you will attract because you are working hard. You don't have to go chase it down because you're working hard. That work hard, the hard work is what the chase is. That's the chase is doing the hard work. And so often I see young journalists come in and they just want to be on air. You know, they just want to just immediately be on TV and they don't realize that there's a lot of work that goes into getting to that point. So I was so blessed and I was able to get, you know, apply for this uh, anchor role, moved into that position, did that for a short while and then brought other folks in, we're training, we're training them. And then the person who hired me moved on and his position became available. And again, I didn't have to apply for it because I was working hard to fill in when he left for a better opportunity. I I then was filling in for that role without, you know, asking for more money or more. I didn't have to ask. My company saw that I was doing the work and they came to me. And that's the theme that I'm telling you in life. If you just do the work, the opportunities will fall in your lap. You chase them by working hard. So that position became available. And I, 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 
I was fearful. Again, I'm always afraid of change, right? I, I was fearful. I didn't want to do it. I kept saying no. I kept saying no. I kept saying no. Greater opportunity, you know, more financial stability, opportunity to grow and learn and lead and teach. And I love those things, but I was scared. What if I do it wrong? What if I, what if I make the wrong decision? What if I don't, you know, m- make a legal mistake and get the company? I'm all these, you know, fears running through my head. And I just had to, God, please take the fear away. You know, remove my fear. That's the character defect for me is fear, right? I've, it's just, it's scary. New things are scary. If you are afraid of new things, you are not alone. And then the position just grew and grew and grew. And, you know, we'll talk about what's coming next um, down the road later. But I just wanted to come on because that I had that epiphany and I said, you know what, I want to share this with my friends that you don't have to go chase your dreams in the way that you think you do. You don't have to go beg people You can have everything great on paper and go beg people all day long. But if you're not doing the work, if you don't make those relationships with the people around you, the people that you work for and the people that work for you and the people that you work with, if you don't show those people that you're a hard worker, that you're a team player, that you care about other people and you will contribute to the overall product, if you don't show them in your day-to-day life, then you can write it on paper all day. But when that news director calls you for a reference, uh, calls on your references, they're going to know, well, they're not a team player. Well, they're all for themselves or they, they're they bossy and they don't, you know, they only work for, from the top down or or they're lazy. They, they only work from the bottom up. They want everybody else to do it. The, you're, the work, networking people talk, right? Especially news is small business. It's big business, but small business. So my advice to you based on my life experience is that Please try to redefine what chasing your dreams means. Chase them by working hard and everything I promise you will fall into place in your life the way that God has a plan for you. Happy New Year, my friends. Thank you for being here for this edition of Choose Happy. And I hope that moving forward in 2022, that is exactly what you do. So don't forget, to choose happy. Hello, welcome to the Choose Happy podcast. Today, I'm talking about the war on Ukraine. If you've seen the images or you've been watching the news, you've seen families torn apart, you've seen children extracted from their homes, families crowding the borders, trying to flee to safety. And the unprovoked assault on Ukraine by Russia has been several days now and (sighs) sanctions against Russia are coming from a lot of different areas and directions, but putting troops on the ground in Ukraine because it's not a member of NATO is just a a line that the U.S. and other Western allies haven't yet been willing to cross. And the question is why, right? Why won't we send help? Well, we are sending help in a lot of different ways, just not in the way of troops at this time. What we know is that uh, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations told CNN Um, that the Biden administration has made it clear that it won't put boots on the ground because they don't want to put American troops in danger. There are other factors, too, that play into all of this. If you've been following the news, you've seen that 
The U.S. obviously has condemned Russia's actions every chance it gets, and Biden has done a lot to try to make it clear that the U.S. is not going to go and engage with Russia directly. And on NBC, uh, the president told uh, NBC earlier this month that it's a world war when Americans and Russia start going at each other. So basically he's saying that if the U.S. were to go into the conflict and interject ourselves into this war, then that can start a global war. And so they're treading really lightly. There was also a retired Lieutenant General, uh, Mark Hurtling, who um, was an analyst for CNN, and he also told um, What Matters this past Sunday. He said, the key to diplomacy is to limit the potential for war. While the current war of Russian illegal invasion into Ukraine is tragic, chaotic, and devastating, it's still a regional conflict, end quote. So what he's essentially saying is that if NATO or the United States were to send troops into Ukraine to help them fight the Russians, that it would become a multinational issue, right? It would be a multinational global conflict and could have global implications because of nuclear power. First, the nuclear power of Russia, nuclear power of the U.S., and because of that, um, the U.S. and NATO essentially and other nations are trying to influence and try to have, have success in Ukraine and try to defeat Russia by doing other things and providing different kinds of support. So essentially, if you have been following the news, you may have seen that uh, more than 4,000 U.S. Army troops deployed to Europe um, have had their tours extended. So they are already out there, but now they are extended because the U.S. is trying to show the European allies in that area that they are standing by during this crisis. But the president is making clear that the troops are not going to be there to fight the Russians directly. He, uh, he's very been firm about that so far. Um, but he says that, he, that the U.S. will defend every inch of NATO territory with all of the powers that we have. So the question then becomes, well, is there a case in which the U.S. would go at Russia directly? And what we're learning is that Ukraine, it's on, it borders NATO countries, right? So Ukraine's not a NATO country, but it borders Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania that are members of NATO. So if one of those countries became threatened, if Russia threatened one of those NATO allies, the US, and then of course France, Germany, the UK, everybody in the 30 member NATO alliance would then have to respond. And so in that scenario, the resources of the entire alliance could be used to protect one country. But at this time, that's just not the case because Ukraine is not part of that. And um, so the U.S. essentially is doing other things to help, right? So the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, said that he had authorized $350 million um, for financial assistance to Ukraine. And that's to support Ukraine's defense. Um, they have allowed um, 60 million and 250 million over the last year um, to help them. And 
The U.S. is also sending about $54 million in humanitarian aid to Ukraine to help those who've been impacted by this. So there are a lot of ways that our country is helping, just not yet on the ground with troops because of what it could cause down the line. So the biggest way that the U.S. is doing this is by punishing Russia with sanctions, right? So the U.S. and even other countries are imposing a lot of sanctions on Russia, basically sanctions on their banking and their aerospace and their technology. Um, And they go, they basically like freeze assets for banks and they put debt and equity restrictions on on like things like transportation mining logistics it's essentially just a huge effort to shut down all of the critical technology that the russian military and their industrial sectors need to function so that's how we're helping right now and on uh this past saturday we know that the European Commission and France and Germany, Italy, the UK, Canada, they, they all said that they would expel certain Russian banks from SWIFT. That's that security network that connects all the financial institutions around the world. So that's a huge deal as well because they won't be able to access the finances that they need to continue this war. So there's a lot of moving parts to this. Um, there is a poll, the Associated Press just did a poll recently to find out like where Americans stand on the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And essentially the poll says about 26% of Americans think that the U.S. should play a major role, meaning play a major role in the situation between Russia and Ukraine. About half of the people, just a little over half, 52% say it should play a minor role, and then 20% say no role at all. Like, we're not, we don't want to be part of that. So... That's kind of where things are data-wise. Like, as far as what comes next, we don't know, right? Um, we just are standing by to see what happens. And we know that the two countries met at the Belarus border today to talk, but not hopeful that conflicts will be corrected in those discussions. So I just thought I would come on because, you know, this is something we've been following since this happened on Thursday, since the attack and people are asking, you know, why are we not sending troops? Why aren't we sending troops? Well, there are a lot of moving parts to it. So that's my understanding of what's happening right now. And I will continue to keep you updated as I learn more. And you can get daily updates with us on Daybreak every morning from 5 a.m to 7 a.m. on KRCR News Channel 7. And I'm just so saddened by this world event. And my heart has just been broken. I have anxiety and angst thinking about these families that are just being torn apart in a situation I have no control over. And the guilt here that I have feeling like we're so privileged to be here where it's safe and we have shelter and our families and food and water and freedom and happiness and joy and these people are just suffering. It it just, I felt like coming on would just help me work through some of this anxiety that I'm feeling over this tragic, tragic situation that we're having. It is incredibly hard to choose happy when I know other people are suffering. Thanks for listening.